Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Total Football Podcast. We're delighted to have you here. Today, we are going to go over the match review. Today, I'm joined by Eduardo. Hello, Eduardo. How are you, mate? I'm great, Matt. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much. I'm also joined by Alex Bernasconi. Hello, Alex. Hello, Matt. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much. Make sure to follow all of our social media forums and all the platforms, YouTube, Instagram. And thank you for tuning in to this podcast on Spotify. Edo, why why don't you kick us off with a Premier League fixture that you have watched? Yeah, um, obviously Wolves Leicester City. I was very excited to watch that game. You know, I had high expectations. Uh, I was getting ready for a fun game, but it didn't turn out to be that way. You know, it wasn't as action packed as maybe some of the other Premier League games. It was a nil-nil draw. Um, both teams had a lot of shots, a lot of opportunities, but nobody managed to step up and get that winner. So both teams go home with a one one point. Mm, interesting stuff. We've also had Aston Villa facing Arsenal and Villa won that game 1-0 after the second-minute effort from Oli Watkins was converted. Uh, Matthew Ryan, it was his debut and he was uh, playing as a substitute for uh, currently booked Brent Leno and he considered, conceded a goal before even having a contact with a ball as an Arsenal player, what, what, what a shocker that was at the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the key person of that game, key man of that game was Emiliano Martinez. He had some spectacular saves in that game. Uh, that save from uh, the free kick after Xhaka's free kick, yeah. And yeah, uh, the Argentinian ex-Arsenal player uh, conceded, has 11 clean sheet this season, only too shy of uh, Edison and yeah if I if I had to pick out any positives for Arsenal these would be Nicola Pepe he looks more lively in those kind of recent games and yeah and Bukayo Saka the young English star is doing so well and he's doing his hardest to get the most out of his teammates and providing for them but he cannot carry in my opinion this whole Arsenal squad by himself as he's too young. Mm. Alex, moving on to yes. you. You've watched an incredible game, a big yeah. game. Yeah, one of the most anticipated game of the week, Liverpool Manchester City, which turned out to be a very fun game to watch. Um, Manchester City winning 4-1, deservingly. And yeah, Liverpool looked very lost at the back. Um Without Van Dijk, without their leaders, um, yeah, it's it's hard for them. Even with Henderson and Fabinho at the back, it's not the same. Um, Alisson looked lost as well by doing two unusual mistakes for him because normally he's quite good with his feet. So, yeah, so as I said, it was unusual. And, yeah, Manchester City played really well and... The midfield, I think, for me, was um, the game-changer. Yeah, Alex, about the midfield, you know, Gundogan has been having some great performances recently. We also Phil Foden had an amazing game as well. You know, you think that midfield can be maybe the best or one of the best midfields in the world once Kevin De Bruyne comes back? 
Yeah, yeah. So Gundogan was one of the biggest surprises of the season. I'm not sure how many goals and assists he's had, but I think a lot. And Foden, who's one of the biggest young talents in in Europe. So, and now um, De Bruyne coming back, possibly after after the Champions League first leg. They they will have a very good midfield. Mm. Mm, yes, City are only about to get stronger and stronger. Another exciting fun game that we've had in the Premier League was the clash between Manchester United and Everton. The game finished 3-3 in a spectacular goal galore um, game. Yeah, uh, we've had some crackers of a goal in there, some beauties, absolute beauties uh, from both sides. And it was packed up right to the end when Dominic Carvert-Lewin scored an extra minute, last-minute goal. Yeah, Matt, uh, just mentioning Carvert-Lewin uh, had really crucial part in that game, obviously scoring the last-minute minute equaliser. Do you think this season is just a one season or maybe do you think he'll be a one season wonder or do you think he'll keep this amazing form going yeah that's an interesting question I think uh, he's shown so much quality over the couple of games scoring goals left and right from many different uh, ways and techniques used that I think he's not a one season wonder no I think he mm. he's nearly a uh, he 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 still has a long way to go. Yes, he had a really quite a dry spell recently, but I think he's not a he's not a finished article. But he looks like a very good, promising player. Uh, yeah, not I, not yeah. yet to replace the likes of um, Harry Kane in the national national team, but mm. I think he he has the potential to do so over the couple of years that he will be the one to replace Harry Kane in the England setup. Matt, I also had um, one more question. Not about the mm-hmm. game, but about Man United specifically. And um, we've seen how they've not had the best results against um, top clubs, top six, let's say. So do you think they struggle against those teams? Um. Obviously, it kind of depends on game-to-game cases, but I think what Man United uh, lack during those games is that winning, winning mentality. You know, Manchester United are a winning, historically, a very uh, rich club with rich history. Um, mm. And I think that there wasn't any winning mentality in there. I think Oli, after the game, has said that we're not even title contenders yet. That that was Oli's words, not mine. I'm not a Man United supporter, but yeah, um, which which was kind of shocking and uh, many Man United fans were probably disappointed with him saying that. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was kind of a, a quite a common occurrence for the managers to say kind of to to have low kind of uh, how do you say expectations yes yes Um, obviously we've heard Frank Lampard saying that we're not a title winning squad yet obviously he's gone now but um, before that 
uh, Jurgen Klopp said also that the main priority is to finish top four, and that's his main concern, whether they will finish top four. And maybe that is because of how unpredictable the season was. But yeah, I just think yeah. Man United against the big six teams, to answer your question, they lack that winning mentality and that scare factor. Mm. Great. Okay. Why don't we move on to Ligue 1? Because that league has had some good matches over this weekend. We've had a cracker of a game. The big game was Olympic Marseille against PSG. The PSG side won this game 2-0. And it wasn't just a normal Le Classica. It was a historical Le Classica because it was the 100th Le Le Classica. (laughs) As I said, PSG won 2-0. And it was their 46th victory in this clash. But generally, it was a good battle between both sides. Possession stats say that it was 53% to 47 in favour of Marseille, actually. Um, and yes, uh, watching the game, uh, I saw that, I thought that Marseille had the control of the ball more. Yeah. And one of the players that kind of dictated the play of Marseille was and surprised me was Boubacar Camara. He's a 21-year-old uh, Frenchman playing for Marseille, of course. And yeah, he was amazing in that midfield. Uh, from another midfield maestro to another, Marco Verratti. He was such an important uh, player for PSG. And his trickery and uh, quick thinking uh, was so good that he forced a foul uh, which got Dimitri Payet sent off. And yeah, it, was, it, was, it wasn't a, a game which was kind of brutal uh, as other kind of previous Le Classicas, but it was a game with good football. And in the end, I think that it was a game of individual kind of performances, individual brilliance and PSG's mm. player quality was the thing that won them the game. Mm. Um, the first goal was a quick counter-attack uh, scored by Kylian Mbappe, who ran so quickly, reaching 36 kilometers per hour as the top speed, which is absolutely crazy. And he's shown that in this game many, many times that he's a rapid player. He's had over 14 sprints in that game, which clocked over 30 kilometers an hour. Speaking of Mbappe, it was an historic game for him as well because he's reached the milestone of playing 150 games for PSG. And his stats for PSG look absolutely mental. He scored, he, he had 167 goal contributions. Can you believe that? In 150 games. That's wow. crazy. That's crazy, right? And how old is he? Only 22? Yeah. Yes, correct, correct. Yeah, he scored 108 of goals and had 59 assists. Yeah, speaking of the positions, Marseille, with that loss, are now ninth in Ligue 1 with two games in hand. And whoever decides, whoever will be uh, picked as the next manager, whoever, because there's been some interesting names circling around, and I'm going to ask you, Alex, for in a second about one of them. Yeah. Um, 
will they will have a very difficult kind of uh, uh, job to bring back the old Marseille that put a challenge on PSG. Um, okay, speaking of the candidates, let, let's just say some names and um, I'm going to let you decide which one you would go for. So the first one, and Alex, I know you kind of know about him, is Maurizio Sarri. Yeah. Alex, what, what, what kind of a manager is he? So he's he's got a very set um, play style. Obviously, he loves to keep um, the ball a lot. and But he needs the right players to do it. So uh, I'm not too sure about um, Marseille's level of players, their technicality. But yeah, he, he's got a... He's, um, I don't know how to say because his his play style only works with um with some only some teams because it failed with Juventus and Chelsea but it worked with Napoli, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, very interesting comment. Thank you, Alex. Uh, another candidate, the big candidate, is Lucien Favre, the ex Dortmund coach. Um, now moving on to PSG. PSG are actually third, surprisingly, in the Ligue 1. Uh, three points behind the league leaders, which we're going to move on in a minute. It's not Olympic Lyon. Uh, just stay tuned about, about who it's going to be. But yeah, um, they're 51 points, three, three points behind. And, and now let's move on to another fixture from, uh, as I mentioned, Olympic Lyon. Let's move on to them. Uh, they've beat a 10-man uh, Strasbourg 3-0. Uh, Karl Toko can be scoring, uh, g- giving them the lead. But Memphis Depay, the man of the, the man of the match, the, the showman, the captain, he scored two goals, and one of them was an incredible free kick. If you haven't seen it, it's a must-watch. The Dutchman is now. Uh, on 13 goals and six assists in last 24 games in France, and he's doing a crazy. Uh, he's putting up a crazy performances performances in France. Mm. Um, okay, keeping I was keeping you a bit long on there, but the league leaders in France are actually Lille, which is which might be quite a shock to some of the players, uh, to some of the people uh, here. <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, uh, Lille won two 0 against Nantes, if I believe, and uh, a twenty twenty one year old Canadian international Jonathan David scored a brace there to um, give them the first place. Edo, I have a question to you because obviously the schedule, the we have Europa League coming back for Lille. Do you think they can keep that winning momentum? Uh, do you believe so, or do you think well, PS- it's PSG's to win? Well, in terms of Europa League, obviously Lille have a very tough opponent in Ajax. So uh, we'll see which one they focus. You know, maybe they want to focus on the league or they want to focus on Europa League. But I think PSG will win the title because obviously Mauricio Pochettino has been in title races before. He's made the Champions League final with Spurs. And the, the PSG players, you know, they've won the league round before, so you, they've got that winning mentality that can get them across the line. Mm, interesting. Thank you, Edo. 
No worries, Matt. And if you don't mind, after having wrapped up all of the league, um, I'll move on yes. to La Liga. Yes, please do. Uh, great. Um, in Seville, we had a pretty good game which featured Real Betis and the Blaugrana. The final scoreline was 3-2, so let's dive in and I'll tell you about the game. Um, obviously, didn't start off too well because Araujo was injured and Coleman subbed on Frankie de Jong, who was playing much deeper than usual, obviously, because he was placing Araujo. So even though he had an amazing game with 100% pass accuracy, he couldn't have that strong effect because he was obviously playing much deeper. And, you know, Barcelona didn't have the best first half and we saw that as Borja Iglesias scored the opener and led Real Betis to a 1-0 half-time. Second half, Coleman made two great substitutions in Trincao and Messi coming on in the 57th minute and only two minutes later the Argentine found the back of the net in order to get the score level. But less than 10 minutes later, an unlucky own goal by, by Ruiz sends the Blaugrana ahead. This was only for seven minutes as Ruiz, the man himself, scored a header uh, after a brilliant cross from Fekir. The winner, the winner, this is a lot of action right here. The winner came in the 87th minute after Trincao scored an amazing curler and settled the game at 3-2. Super interesting game. Thank you for giving that giving us that inside and animating the the game for us eduardo very good job in that with that alex talk yes. to us about your team and the big game obviously edo and alex you've had a clash yeah of both of your teams facing each other talk to us about that game yeah okay i'll, I'll give my opinion yeah, on juventus alex. and him on Wilmer. yeah yeah okay so, yeah, I think we came out with a plan and it, it really showed this game. We we were sitting back and watching um, and, yeah, just sitting back and watching and just waiting for the counter. And it happened in the 13th minute with Ronaldo finding a goal out of nowhere. And then Roma mm-hmm. had two good chances afterwards with Cristante and Mancini. And yeah. yeah. Then second half, same same play style again again. And I think the subs made the difference with Kolosevsky and Quadrado coming on. And those two being the two who created the second goal and finishing the game. Yeah, I agree. It was a crazy game. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo had a, such a quick uh, uh, kind of uh, kind of now. Uh, how do you say it? Just uh, instinctive. It was an instinct to pull the trigger so quickly, yeah. finish it with a left foot so quickly, and also he was really near hitting that crossbar in the first half oh, yeah. too. Okay, Edo, thoughts on the game? Uh, from the Roma's point of view? Yeah, I mean, obviously we have a history in not managing to win against the big teams, but I don't think there was a lot of negatives from this fixture, you know, I think we played pretty good football, you know, maybe even challenged you over some points, you know, we could have got that equaliser. Um, and, you know, we, we've had some changing room problems with Zeko, as we saw, he didn't start, 
uh, Smalling was injured as well, which meant the back line had an average age of 22 years old, which was maybe a bit too inexperienced to play against a man such as Cristiano Ronaldo. But overall, you know, I'm not too happy. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not too um, mad about the scoreline. Well, of course, I would like a win, but it's Juventus, you know, it's a big team. They played an amazing game defensively. Mm. And... I think we didn't have a bad game. Maybe, you know, different formation. We played a 3-5-2 instead of a 3-4-2-1. But, yeah, that's my thoughts. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Thank you, Heather. Thank you. All right. Would you like to add anything else, guys? That's it for me, Matt. That's all I've got me, to say. Just, okay. just a, Alex? Yeah, just a special mention to Kielin, who, after coming back from injury... Sure. He's been one of our most important players and just keeping the clean sheets against Sampdoria and Roma now. So, yeah. Yeah, it's the Chiellini with the experience uh, beating the inexperienced defensive line of yeah. um, Juve beating the inexperienced defensive line of Roma um, mm. and winning 2-0. Mm. Okay, guys. This... I think we, we we can wrap it up already. Um, yeah. We are super happy that you've been listening to uh, to this episode of the match review of Total Football Podcast. Uh, please consider following all our other platforms, social media channels, YouTube's, our Instagram, our Spotify, if you haven't already. Um, this was Matt Kobelek and I was joined by Alex. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Matt. And thank you to all the viewers. I was joined by Edo. Thank you, guys. Thank you to everyone that's watching. This was Total Football Podcast. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye.